welcome to the non-player character podcast. I am your unusual host who streams the most, twitch.tv slash gbedits, NPC Leonard. And uh, today, with me, I have the designer of the group, and he definitely is in the Empire's Troop. Kent. Kent, how's it going? So it's uh, it's going pretty well. That's good. That's good. Have you uh, have you played any games recently? Uh, I've been playing a, a couple of games that probably will go over most people's heads, like in the podcast, maybe not the listeners, but I've been playing uh, East 8, which is a very fantastic game. It's a JRPG, though, so I know 90% of you will just shrug it off, but it's good. It sounds like a very interesting game, honestly. I've been trying myself to get into more JRPGs. Uh, uh do this it's like final fantasy where every story is kind of independent so even though it's eight just jump in gotcha okay well i'll definitely do so i guess it's like not really canon to a full story or it is but um each game is like a retelling of like the main characters like memoirs so they're like loosely connected okay gotcha all right and next we have the queen and not the songs and she's usually right, even when she is wrong. Katie, Katie, how's it going? You didn't understand my intro, and I won't respond to it. <laughs> you, you've been playing anything, Katie? Destiny. And how's that been going? Great. All right, cool. No, I'm not depressed. You are. And lastly... The mama bird of the crew, born before Columbus sails the ocean blue. Paul. Paul, how are okay. you, man? Okay, all right. I see how this is. All right. That means you're old. I give you the reins for one episode, and and you use it to make an old joke. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, to be fair, there was supposed to be something like this last episode where we were supposed to film also my intro, but we never did it. So We were thanking we're the audience for their dedication in listening to our podcast. Well, guess what? You know what? Just like the ocean, I'm waving back salty. All right. That was pretty good. I'll give you that one. All right. That was pretty good. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, Leonard. Thank you for asking. And uh, what games have you been playing, Paul? Have you been playing Civilization, uh, Red Been Dead Online? Uh, what have you been playing? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I've been playing a whole bunch of city builders uh, on Steam. That's uh, gonna. They're great. They're great city builders. The of course, uh, uh, Going Medieval is fantastic. Uh, everybody, I'm not old. Everybody should pick that up. Um, <laughs> Foundation. Uh, hit its 1.17, and it's uh, it's looking real good. I'm glad that they're doing stuff. They got a lot of mods out there, and uh, yeah, no one cares about city builders, but uh, they're a lot of fun. I love them. They're they're cool. Shit. Well, that's good. Well, you know, I, I like the fact that you definitely have your own interesting uh, thoughts on these games, and that's why I, I think you're the leader, and that you usually lead it but today is different because i'm leading it hashtag black lives matter black empower so <laughs> let's uh let's talk about me because i haven't really talked in a while yeah Leonard. I, uh, I have been playing a lot i've been streaming a lot too good i've um, been playing gta uh restarting on pc so that's fun mm. um we had in our stream a modder 
uh, or a hacker. Oh, cool. Come in. Cool. Love that. And it was actually really cool. He was a really cool guy. He was very genuine, very nice. And uh, he helped us out a little bit with some things. He he was acting kind of trippy, but that was the cool part about it. Um, besides that, uh, I've been playing just a whole lot of life because work. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Never All stops. right, and uh, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, I'm pretty sure we got some Destiny Corner stuff, and maybe some Nintendo news, or maybe whatever we got. So, uh, yeah, see you in a little bit. All right. I'm so bored. There's nothing to do. Why don't we play a game? Sure. How about Call of Duty Modern Warfare? No, I always get called a squeaker. Fortnite? Nah, Fortnite's boring. Mom says I can't play that game. I got just the thing. Whoa! Need for Speed, the Yeet. Where this time you can yeet your car across the whole world from just one drift. You can yeet through buildings. Bang into other cars. You can even go underwater. And coming this summer, you can get the DLC to go into outer space. Say again, please. Story is the best ever in Need for Speed history. Johnny, we have to go 100 miles in about 2.5 seconds to jump over that oddly placed train. How are we going to do it? <laughs> and this time, as a GameStop exclusive, you get the legendary Master Yeet with two Yeet spray paints and get Yeet Nitrous in the beginning of the game. Need for Speed, The Yeet. Whoa! Whenever you're ready. Well. <laughs> go well, ahead and go whenever you're ready, man. God damn it. Okay. I'm going to just wait five seconds and then do it. Sounded good so far, man. Thanks for, for taking over for me. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, and Leonard. Of course, I um, hope if you, you did were enjoy to that start skit. that intro, did you know that actually that skit was uh, written by me and also worked on by Paul going. himself? So definitely, if you want to hear more about that, you should definitely leave a comment saying, "Hey, we'd like to hear more skits," because you know uh, I'm pretty Talking much have nothing That's to do normal. during quarantine, so it's a good idea for me to write more. And if I hear that people like the skits, I should probably write more skits, right? Right. Exactly. So. Uh, since I'm running the show today, I thought, why not we start with uh, some news, the very different type of news. <clears throat> Nintendo news! Can't right, wait until so, you're back in studio because then you can actually do your Nintendo news and it won't cut out. Yeah, it yeah but break it'll the be loud in your ears. Sound That's barrier. True. That's true. So, in this uh, Nintendo news, uh, we have... Quite a bit, honestly, since the last time. All right, I'll be back. Uh, 
Katie's uh, Katie's left the studio real quick. Um, what uh, what's the Nintendo news? The uh, the Nintendo news <clears throat> um, is uh, we got a couple big things as of recent. So of course. Uh, with the Nintendo E3 slash Treehouse episode, we did get quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of games, uh, mainly like a preview into Skyward Sword a little bit more, uh, the HD remake. They have and, been uh, they have been advertising the crap out of Skyward Sword, I've noticed. Yeah, which, I mean, it's definitely understandable because at least from what it seems like from our next thing in Nintendo News, which I'm going to segue into that, is Can't wait for uh, that Skyward segue. Sword basically is supposed to be the very first Link. Yes. It is supposed to be where all the Links and the Zeldas had just first began. Yes. And, of course, now... It may not have been the most fun game because, of course, motion controls Wii was like a very interesting time where it was like motion control, motion control, motion control. Um, there should have been a point where people said, you know what? We should just allow the gamer to game through a controller and just call it a day. But, you know, that's the thing about Nintendo. They have an idea and they run with it. And even if it may not be the best idea, they run with it. But you know what else is a good idea? What's that? Previewing Breath of the Wild 2. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, out of me, me being probably the biggest Legend of Zelda fan out of everyone in the group, um, I had, I was rock hard for days. I had to watch the trailer over and over and over. And I watched this guy on YouTube, uh, shout to him, Zeltic, uh, where he goes into theories and stuff and he was breaking down the trailer a little bit. And it seems like we're getting, um, a very skyward sword, like, uh, Legend Zelda. And, uh, how, firstly, how do you mean by that? What do you mean? So basically it's like, um, skyward sword, basically spoilers, not spoilers. Cause it's been out for years. Mm -hmm. Um, was based on, islands in the sky it's basically land masses in the sky and they have these birds that you're allowed to fly and you get to go down to the to the regular earth but um it seems like for breath of the wild too it's sort of going to be a kind of reverse of that where instead of going from the sky to land you're going to go from land to sky Mm. and um it seems that we're getting a little bit more out of it than we expected. So meaning that we're going to have some differences pretty much where it's like the whole same map from before, but then they're going to add new things to it, like caves underground and then sky up above, which personally um, for me, because I love Breath of the Wild, granted, could there have been better improvements? Yes. But I feel like for Breath of the Wild 2, is what Nintendo is basically listening, saying, we hear you guys, and we're going to make this better for you. And especially since I know that a lot of character, a lot of people, sorry, have been wanting sequels. Because, uh, I mean, of course, to give you a sort, sort of a sequel, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, they were both very beautiful to the um, aesthetic of a sequel. And, uh, of course, now there's theories behind that, but besides the theories, it was something that everyone enjoyed and everyone loved because literally this time you didn't have to save Zelda. Right. 
and it had a new aspect. It had pretty much Nintendo went to town. So personally, props to you, Nintendo, for that one. And for Breath of the Wild 2, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, I'm hoping so, too. Uh, Some of the things that I saw... um it did worry me a little bit. You mentioned that it's going to be the same map. And I remember what happened to Far Cry when they did the same thing. Um, I don't know if it's going... I'm a little worried that they're not going to do enough. Uh, Kent, what, what, what's your thought on this? I, I think it's already pretty different. Because um, okay. we have a bunch of like... There's like a whole lot of territory into the map. So I'm thinking it may be um it may be like kind of the same Hyrule land base, but something's gonna happen. It looks like whole chunks of it are now in the air. Mm-hmm. Um I'm thinking maybe there's gonna be a lot more like ruins or something that are coming out of the ground because like n- almost all the shrines like came up from the ground and like created themselves in front of you. So I'm thinking that they're going to like change it up in that way. Okay. Uh, Cause like it's already in lore that the world itself can like shift around you. Right. right. Um, and even if it's still somewhat similar, I think looking at the trailer, it looked like there's like uh time based stuff. Like you can reverse time, pause time. I did notice that. Um, that that's yeah, pretty like, cool. So I'm thinking they could really play around with that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it's in good hands. If they wanted to rehash the same game, it would have been out a couple of years ago if they oh, yeah. changed it up that true. much. Um, yeah, definitely. Do you think, though, this is just me positing a question, uh, you're going to be able to play a Zelda? No. Probably. Ooh. I, Deferring I, opinions instantaneously. That's what I love. So the reason why I say no, although I would be hopeful and I'd be very happy if they did that, um, the only reason why I say no is just because there have been like a lot of rumors about it. But the thing is about with rumors from Nintendo is most of them do not come true. And it's because I think it's that people get to them and they're like so hyped about it. And Nintendo hears about it and they're like, oh, well, what if we fuck this up? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Nintendo plants the rumors. Oh, a conspiracy theorist among it us. Could it's be. not conspiracy. It's it's marketing strategy. Uh, it true. could be, and that'd be a very good marketing strategy, strategy to say the least. And Kent, what do you think? Yeah, why, why do you say yes, Kent? Uh, a couple of things. Um, one, they, uh, they're not announcing the title. They said that was too spoiler-ish. So there has to be something that kind of leads into that um some people are thinking like it's something very on the nose like link's slumber or his end or something like that i don't think that i think that would be too telling but uh one thing that i would like that could get you pretty giddy is that they had said that during development um they are taking red dead redemption into account like they really are inspired by it that's right and i'm gonna have major uh Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 spoilers, if that's okay. I mean, it's been out a few, like, four yeah. years now. I haven't finished yeah. it, but it's one. okay. It still didn't win Game of the Year. All right. Um, All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna jump into that. So if you want to put a little 
siren blaring saying like spoilers. Um, oh, spoilers. You know. said it, I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> Thank you. So in the first one, uh, John dies, <gasps> and then you play as Jack. And in the second one, Arthur dies, and you play as John. Um, I don't think Link will be dead per se, but I think maybe something that he's like incapacitated, or he very well could be dead if they really are trying to like do something new. And <laughs> you'll probably play as Zelda in the latter half. Or even at the very beginning, they could be pulling off a Metal Gear Solid two all over again. Um, that didn't think- that didn't work out well at the time uh, for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and then now look, it's literally yeah, one, it's of one of the best highest games rating games of all time. Yeah, that's true. That's and Raiden is like a fan favorite. And, and also, that was like two thousand one. Yeah, shit like that wasn't a thing. And they ki- they kind of did the same thing. Uh, spoilers uh, for Last of Us. Uh, yeah. the, here's the spoiler alarm. All right, there we go. Spoiler alarm has been activated, and I'm trying to turn it off. Can't turn it off. That's fine. I'll just you don't hear it. That's fine. Anyway, so. anyway. Um, yeah, they kind of did that with Last of Us uh, when uh, you play as uh, Ellie, because Joel gets his head caved in by a golf club. Yep, and Abby. Yeah, and then Abby. Abby playing as Abby. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that's a big fuck you to the gaming industry and uh, people who don't like women for some reason. Um, so it's not entirely impossible, but also the fact that we never see Link's face. Uh, it's very weird. Like aside from the first trailer, that like CG or you know the cutscene one. Yeah, but. It- Look at the gameplay. All you see is Link from behind, and he's like falling down from the sky. I'm not saying that's Zelda at all, but it's just weird that you don't see him. So, like, is like they're like a blight on him that's like slowly taking him over. Um, I'm thinking of like Witcher. uh, maybe it's maybe it's sort of like a Twilight Princess uh, resurgence it's, kind of thing. Right. Apparently. Like Stone Heart, Hearts of Stone, yeah, where yeah. Geralt has this like curse on his face stuff like that yeah apparently from at least what i've researched and also watching the the youtuber i told you all about earlier um it has been mainly uh, a question that's on everyone's mind is what is with his arm and it seems of course to give him a power which is very close and of course listening to the audio of the trailer it did sound a lot like twilight princess's audio interesting yeah the reversed um chorus yeah and especially if you didn't know but in breath of the wild as well the first one um there is a little easter egg about the twilight zone the twilight world hmm nice you get wolf link too that'd be cool yeah, you, well, that was amiibo. <laughs> yeah but i mean that's still in the game it's the canon <laughs> so uh, you know, why that of ever of any other game I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what other news was there, Leonard? Um, besides that, though, there's not really a whole lot besides the fact that, yeah, of course, uh, Mario 
Mario Super Golf or whatever it was oh, called right. came out and it's been doing pretty well. A lot of people are enjoying it. Of course, the net code in the game is still terrible. Yeah. Because um, that's just Nintendo's issue. They don't know what net code but, is. Yeah. But um, besides that, we have the big, big thing that came out of Nintendo recently, and that was Nintendo Switch OLED. Yes. Not quite the Nintendo 2, but it's close. Sort of. Isn't it? Yes. Basically, it's basically the same uh, hardware inside, except you get, instead of the 32 gigabytes, you get 64 gigabytes. Um, and the screen is a little bit bigger and a little bit brighter, and it still does 1080p, 720p uh, max. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not really surprised about. It's not like most of the games on Nintendo, or at least the games Nintendo is known for, uh, would benefit from a 4K crazy, you know, texture, nonsense, insanity. That's just not what Nintendo does. Right. And, uh, of course, one of the big things that we did forget or that we didn't mention yet was the fact that uh, it comes with a new dock. Yes. It's a cooler-looking dock that you get one USB, I think, right? One USB. Oh, you get two, sorry. And then you get a LAN cable. Which is something that I called... Uh, before E3 that they were going to show us uh, a Switch uh, 2. I was wrong about that. But that it would come with a LAN uh, uh, adapter built in. And, and that's that's a weird thing to be right about. It most certainly is. Especially yeah, you're pretty, the fact- uh, on the nose, Katie. Good job. Wait, wait a minute. Hey, oh. May I offer... I'm sorry. Can we go back? Okay. Because I don't care about Zelda, so I didn't watch either trailer. But I must offer a cynical alternative to what you guys were saying as far as like being able to play Zelda. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be for specific chapters. I don't like think, Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't think you'll necessarily be able to play as Zelda the entire game. Um, just as a woman who's <laughs> played so many video games, the idea that a company like Nintendo especially is going to change up the formula that much in terms of their storytelling and allow you to play as more than just Link for an extended period of time. It's first of all, it's I think I think it's very optimistic. And if it and if it does happen and I'm wrong, then great. But Ubisoft said almost the exact same thing. A lot of their trailers for Assassin's Creed Syndicate were focused on, ooh, look, the first time you can play a woman. And it turns out, yeah, sure. Um, But you still have to play as the dude for specific, you still have to play as Jacob for specific missions, and you still have to play as Eva for specific missions, and you can swap back and forth between them for the regular gameplay. But... Yeah. Yeah. So I think at most you'll be able to swap back and forth, maybe. But as far as like the game itself on a wider on a wider scale, like she's probably going to be a a glorified follower that you get to play as for a couple of story missions or maybe more than a couple of story missions. But overall, she is not the person that leads the story. She's not the active story. Um, She's not the active audience storyteller. Link is. Link is the character with which you project yourself onto, and that's why he is the perfect protagonist, and I don't see Nintendo shaking that up, and that is my cynical take on all these fan theories that I did Google about, ooh, you're going to be able to play Zelda. Yeah, for like maybe five minutes. (laughs) Sorry. 
Go on. Move right. on. No, you're OLED looks honestly, dumb. Katie, that's what I like. I like to hear that because that is so true. Like everyone expect I feel like everyone does expect a lot of like Nintendo to break out and just be like, yeah, we're doing something different. Like the only thing they really do different is when there is something very connected and similar. Or like let's not Let's not discount Nintendo's hardware breakthroughs because every Zelda game that they've done has been in conjunction with showing off something their hardware can do. Right. Um, doing a sequel will be interesting because, you know, let's see what that's going to be connected to in terms of Switch hardware. Um, but in terms of storytelling, they don't really do anything that groundbreaking, like ever. I think the only thing I can think of is just a casual nintendo person that they did that was groundbreaking was samus is a woman and that happened 30 years ago so yeah <laughs> i don't see them i'm just i'm just saying i don't see them doing anything too groundbreaking for zelda because where we in the west might have our expectations as far as like oh my god it'd be so cool to play a zelda japanese companies japanese like it's a japanese company that caters to a japanese audience Link is extremely popular and is extremely mm -hmm. beloved. And even in the West, it's just, I don't see it happening. I would one day like to yeah. see just out of fucking nowhere. I, I'd even be okay with it being like, you know, a, a small game. Um, that's like, you know, the, the $40 price mark or something like that. That's just like the legend of Link and you play a Zelda and it's, it's like Mario is missing, but better. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Swap the roles. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be fun. I, I have no idea why they didn't do that. Uh, they had one on CDI. <laughs> wait, they. Oh, no. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I think that they can get away with it. Whether or not they will get away with it, I. I, I, I just, I, I encourage you guys to, again, I don't play Zelda games. Yeah. I'm just a casual viewer. I've played Breath of the Wild, I played Ocarina, and I played Majora's Mask. Yeah. Between those, Every single time Zelda has been like portrayed as like cool and capable, it has been while she has been presenting in a more um, boyish manner. So the first time was in Sheik. Ocarina of Time as yeah, Sheik. Sheik. Yeah. And then the second time was in Wind Waker when she was a pirate. But the second she became Princess Zelda, no more. Yeah. Right back yeah. to casual standard Zelda. And like where I think there is a lot of potential there for Breath of the Wild to break that mold. And maybe they will. I'm just being cynical. Um, I don't see it as actually happening. Yeah, because I mean, I she did it. show herself pretty much as a leader. Yeah, uh, in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but as a leader that needed protection by a whole gang of protectors. That's true. And, and not ultimately, only that too, she was the one that basically, like, had the. Pro they basically made it how they would say, like, a stereotypical "Oh, I don't need your help" type princesses. Well, and even then, it, it wasn't even that. It was all of her scenes. When I played Breath of the Wild, Zelda's impact on the story came down to a latent power that she could only activate upon essentially sacrificing herself. And in doing so, she saved one character, Link, um, to make sure that he would be the hero. And it's... Mm, it's it's pretty standard storytelling, especially to use a princess. Um, but her abilities are very much geared towards that magical, like, oh, she does magic and she's quite smart. And it's like, okay, great. Yeah. 
Like, that's neat. But it, it does lean more toward the, well, that's why you need Link, because Link can swing a sword. Yeah. And the game is still called Legend of Zelda for no explicable reason in my eyes. I don't know why it's called Legend of Zelda. Doesn't make any sense to me. Never has. Never will. No matter how many times anybody explains it I think it it'd be me. like Legend of Hyrule. Yeah. You know? That makes sense to me. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. But that's why Zelda always has to be like the princess. She always yeah. has to be the one that needs saving because the Legend of Zelda like has built its entire story based on Link saving the princess. Yeah. Essentially. Anyway, I'll stop. That's fine. Um, so not to give our listeners uh, whiplash, but uh, a lot of people I hear, Leonard, a lot of people are upset about the uh, Switch. There's a lot of people out there. There's Tremendous of amounts of people. There's so many people. All the people. Uh, bigly, uh, they're they're not happy about the switch OLED. I I don't know why that is, um, but can can you tell me why they they are wasting their energy? Because if you don't like it, just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kent, I couldn't have said it better or more succinctly than that. It's so true. Just don't fucking buy it. It's definitely true. That was something Uh-oh, that... Oh, uh, you got $300 saved. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the collectors uh, who buy every system, no matter what, they're going to buy it because that's what they they were going to do in the first place, no matter what Nintendo rolled out. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I, I just have... I have no quarrel with uh, Nintendo bringing this system out. It's... it's uh, uh, a medium right step. It's a medium step from the Switch uh, original, which is the one that I still have. Uh, it works fine. I've never had a problem with it except for the Joy-Cons. Uh, maybe they should bring out an OLED Joy-Con. Am I right? They technically did that. I'm waiting for the laugh track to finish because it was such a funny joke. I didn't hear the joke. Oh. Can you repeat it? No. no. <laughs> had to be there. Had to be there. So, uh, yeah, just settle down, people. Either buy the OLED switch or don't buy the OLED switch. Agreed. Um, stop worrying about it. Yeah. I mean, even uh, we, our other NPC who talks about sports, he shall not be named, but he's going to listen to this anyway. Who? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. He, um, I don't know who he's talking he about. He was even a little either. upset about it. And it's like, you know what? Nintendo, at the root of it all, Nintendo's a company. Yep. They have been in this game business for over a hundred years. Literally over a yep. hundred years. So they know what works and they know what doesn't. And with this, you don't have to support it. If you really don't like it and you want a Switch Pro, like something that has better graphics, better everything, maybe a little bit bigger in size, go for it. Yeah, they make like, they you- make handheld PCs now. You can buy a Windows-operated or Linux-operated PC right now that fits in your pocket. Well, it doesn't fit in your pocket, but it fits in your backpack, and it's not a laptop. It's literally Switch-shaped, and it's fucking powerful. Unless they're Jinko jeans. Then, yes. Yeah. Shout out to Jinko jeans. Yep. Big 90s throwback. (laughs) But besides that... um. I think that was it for Nintendo. Okay, for sure. uh, Should we explain what an OLED is, though, for the 
those that may not know what it is. Kent, I want you yeah. to do that. I want you to do that because you are so good at doing that. Okay. Um, oh, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm 100% serious. One of the reasons, like, I, I love you on this podcast is because you talk about the technical shit and where normal people would talk about it and it would be boring, you are able to talk about it in a succinct, understandable way. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an enjoyable experience. Your expertise is uh, uh, unmatched, unparalleled on this podcast. Well, thank you. Um, so I'll, I'll try and make it brief, but um, OLED is uh, a, a somewhat, it's been around for a while, but it's a somewhat newer technology. Uh, whereas um, instead of having like a backlight, it instead individually lights up pixels on the screen so it can produce like a more vivid and more accurate picture that can reduce um, like black crushing or like overblown uh, like white visuals um, because instead of having like a backlight, pixels can actually like just di like dim or turn off. Um, so that's why OLED is like pretty, you know, is a pretty sizable and visual um, like difference because instead of having um, like just standard LCD screens, these ones have like a far greater color gamut compared to that of like an LCD. So it's just, it's a lot better looking screen. It also um, has a very unique battery consumption. So that's why, like, if you look at the specs, um, the battery life for both are pretty much exactly the same um, because instead of having like a backlight on 24 seven, you can have uh, pixels completely turned off. Right. But the ones that are on are more vivid and brighter too. That's another thing. So it, it's kind of a trade off. Okay. okay. Um, I like that. The big, yeah. The big thing though, is that almost all OLED technology has a thing called, a screen burn in yeah. that if you have static images for extended amounts of times, I'm talking about like hours. Yeah. Um, then it can permanently um, be burned into your monitor TV. Like uh, a big example for gaming is a lot of people for if they, if you play Minecraft, the hearts are just permanently on your screen because <laughs> that's a static image that doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, what some OLED uh, like TV manufacturers now do is they have like a local dimming thing where if it detects something isn't moving, then it'll dim the area so it doesn't it's not super bright. Uh, but from what it seems like, the switch isn't gonna have any of that. Mm. So some people are concerned that there'll be um, Burn screen burning, especially games like uh, Breath of the Wild, where you're constantly having hearts yep. at the top left of your screen. Uh, so that's just that's just a time will tell thing of how bad it will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of case in point on the original Switch, uh, it had a lot of dead pixels, and Nintendo said it was normal, especially for LCD screens. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're probably going to do the exact same thing and be like, oh, screen burn-in is normal. Um, just use our built-in like screen burn-in reduction, which is 
it's just like if you have like five minutes of inactivity, it can like dim the screen. Right. Uh, but that doesn't solve it if you're constantly constantly playing. That's true. That's true. So uh, buyer beware for sure. Yeah. And uh, another thing, another tip: always go OLED for TV, not monitor, because a monitor has too many static images, like your taskbar at the bottom. Yeah. 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 Too many people have like the Windows logo permanently. Um, burned in but tv especially if you're just watching rather than playing you're almost constantly having a moving image so it's fine yeah yeah. um and also this is the second handheld to have oled the first is the vita 1000 so hell yes um, yeah if you if you want to see the difference in oled makes just look at uh a comparison of the vita original versus the slim because that's an lcd for the slim i like it uh, it is a pretty sizable difference so um again it's just what 50 dollars more i think yeah the yeah. msrp so yeah. it's not a huge price difference yeah um again this is only on handheld this will do nothing for your tv <laughs> yeah so, it won't matter at all for your tv which is yeah. i i think kind of something a lot of people are missing or forgetting right. about or something. So, uh, is that it for Nintendo? I think that's it for Nintendo. Uh, yes, today, as of the recording, oh. is the, uh, I believe, sixth anniversary of Iwata's passing. Oh. oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. It's been a long, it's, it's been a long while. It doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it, but, but yeah. What a great yeah. guy. He was a great guy visionary in the industry for sure yeah and just a, a little like tidbit in in memory of him i believe during the wii u when um you know sales were tanking i think he cut his uh salary i think something like by half or a large amount for yeah. like half a year to a year in order to like recoup costs without laying anybody off so that's a pretty cool move you don't see a lot of uh, CEOs or COOs do these days. That is absolutely oh, yeah, sure. He was a people person. He was. Oh, he yeah. certainly was. So, do we have a Destiny Corner, Katie? No. No Destiny Corner? Which Queen comes out later this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this a Destiny Corner? Should I should I put the music in? No. Put the music Just Which Queen comes Halo out music. later next da, 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 da. year. Yep, this is the uh, Halo music coming in, and... Destiny Corner has now officially begun. And I guess the reins have been given back to Paul. Well, I mean, if you want to intro uh, Destiny Corner, I could... Uh... No, I mean, I don't I don't know how to do so. So all that's right, all that, you. That's fine. All you right. do it with the, um, the Halo multiplayer announcer voice. Nice. Forgot his name. Take it away. Destiny Corner. Which queen comes out later this year? Is that, uh, is that it? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Osiris is Savathun. Oh. oh that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all for Destiny Corner? That's it. Okay. 
I don't have an outro for Destiny Corner, so it just kind of ends. Sounds like poor planning on your part. Well, I want to talk about something. Leonard, can I talk about something? This is your uh, episode, so can I talk about something? Yes. What is it that you'd like to talk about? Red Dead Redemption Online. Can we move on? Is getting a huge update on Tuesday, the very day that this podcast comes out. Didn't you tell me that it was the update was going to include things that I could have sworn I thought, swear to God, hand to God. It included from the start. No, it now, didn't. So you're telling me that now it's getting it. When did Red Dead Online happen? Two years ago. So years ago. it's fi- it's finally getting um uh like robberies, like train robberies and bank robberies. And you're telling me you're looking me dead in the eye right now. Look at me. Mm-hmm. You're looking me dead in the eye right now. Yep. That two years after Red Dead Redemption Online Three, released is true. three years. Is is getting yeah. the thing that I could have sworn would have come with the base release. Yes. And you're still playing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, and that's why I want to replay God of War and not Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Look, this is going to be a huge update. There's a lot going on in the Red Dead community and a lot of people are very excited about it. When they come up with updates, that is a big deal. Yeah. They come with a handful. What's that? Are there private servers? No. Shove off. Still not coming on. They don't. That's why. (laughs) They don't believe in private servers. No, thanks. Paul, I was on your side with Red Dead. You know this. I know. I know. Uh Three years of not having a private server. God damn. You can make a private server. Yes. Kind of. You cannot join in like. Cheating. (laughs) By like. Sort of. Exploiting the game's matchmaking. Yes. Yes. You are exploiting the game's matchmaking. But it is then a private server. That you can't join. Well, no, you you can. How much money does Rockstar have? Yeah, all that weird. money goes to Grand Theft Auto, all right? And that's why I don't like Grand Theft Auto that much is because it gets all the attention, the development time, all the money. Red Dead Redemption gets shafted time and time again, and it, it's it's already showing because uh, they already update or they already uh, uh, released trailers for uh, the Red Dead update. On, on the same day, they released a teaser trailer for the next GTA. You know what's funny is I went to go look at who, like, you know, streams Red Dead Redemption online because, you know, I do have friends that do like to play it every now and then. Like every six months or so, I'll have a friend go, I'm going to play that. And they play it for a couple of days and then they're done, Um, which feels like the appropriate amount of time to play that. Um, But the very first person that I saw streaming Red Dead Redemption online looked to be. And I'm not trying to be ageist. I do apologize. But he looked to be about the exact age that I would imagine you have to be to truly enjoy this game. Like, you have to have a collection of Clint Eastwood uh, and John Wayne movies. Um, Louis L'Amour has to be very much on your list of things that you enjoy unironically. Um, Okay. That makes me kind of happy, though. Like, good for them. Right? I think that's really, I think it's sweet. I do. I really do. It's really good that they finally have a game that caters to their age group as well as something that they can play because it's just slow enough that they can enjoy it and really take their time with it. What were you going to say, Paul? I hate the hate 
that Red Dead Redemption gets on this podcast because, frankly, it is one of the most exciting experiences I have uh, uh, playing online. It really is. It is a lot of fun. I don't get angry at the game. I don't. For the listeners at home, just to kind of put things into perspective for you, a few days ago, I received a message from Paul saying that he had torn a muscle in his leg. And when I inquired further, he said, I did a little hop. And I said, what? And he said, yes, I did a little hop. And it turns out he had a severe muscle strain. So when he says exciting. Look, all right, I have anxiety and depression. I can no longer play first person shooters anymore because they are far too fucking in your face and fast. Go fast. Why aren't you fast? Be faster. Be faster. You're losing to a 12 year old, you fucking old man. Totally make a, a Sonic first person shooter. Right? So, <laughs> so uh, oh, they did. Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, so, I guess so. Um, anyway, so what I'm trying to say is that Red Dead Redemption gives you both uh, the best of both worlds. A nice, calm experience until you want it to be exciting. And then it is exciting for as long as you want it to be. And then it's back to calm. It is so good. It's the best looking game still out period. Full stop open world. It's the best looking open world game. Full stop period. And that will probably be true until Grand Theft Auto six. Probably. All I'm saying is that it, it, it gets a lot of undeserved hate on this podcast, and I am sick of it. Yeah, I just, you know, I fell off because there wasn't much to do, and I couldn't open a private server, and instead the map was totally empty because, like, little 10-year-olds killed everything and everyone within, like, a 10-mile radius. They, they fixed that problem. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, Paul, you get a you get a private session going using your little uh, exploit, exploit matchmaking on this new update, and I'll probably join. Well, I will as well. To be honest, I'm actually not sure if they're adding uh, private servers because not all the details are out about this uh, DLC. They could be adding private servers. Isn't there a game? Oh, God, what is it called? There's so many games out there that have private service servers that maybe I'm just confusing them. But they all came out so long ago, and yet Red Dead Redemption Online came out not that long ago. You would think the private server thing is pretty standard. Unreal Tournament? Yeah. Like I mean, 1990s? There's... Yeah, there oh, was come that. On now. Also, like... I could run a server of Unreal Tournament on my toaster. No, but really, there's, there's a game out there. It's, like, wildly popular. It's huge. We could have our own private server. I'm Splitters. No. Also that, yeah. It's an open world survival experience. Minecraft? No. You have to pay for those. No. Valheim? Valheim. Oh, that's wild. Valheim's brand new. Okay. That one's a good one, though. Published by the same people who made um, Goat Simulator. Really? I actually did not know that. Good for them. Wow. Good for them. It's a small studio, and they they figured out how to do private servers. It's crazy. Well, Rockstar uh, has private servers. Oh, do they? For Grand Theft Auto. Oh, that's that makes me oh. even more upset. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. So they have the it's technology, like they have the means. I wonder why they don't do anything like that for Red Dead. Because Grand Theft Auto makes money. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why that is though. Maybe it's the population amount doesn't really justify the need for private servers because 
if you put five people in a private server, that only leaves four others still playing the game in no, public it, servers. It, it's because car is better than horse in a lot of people's opinion. Hmm. Anyway, it's we can move on. Because again, because clearly, I don't think has any cars. It doesn't have horses either. Oh, clearly, clearly, everyone is just going to hate on Red Dead Redemption for the rest of this goddamn show. So we can move on. It just keeps it keeps sinking and it's bothering me. We're going to take a break and uh, we'll be back with uh, more news. More news? Bye-bye. And now for another thrilling adventure of... If Half-Life 3 came out today! Episode 4, The Coffee Shop. Hey, Chaz. What's up, man? Did you hear Half-Life 3 is out? What's Half-Life 3, man? And so concludes another thrilling adventure of... If Half-Life 3 came out today! Welcome back, everybody. I uh, hope you definitely enjoyed whatever was just playing, because I definitely don't know what was just playing. Uh, so, Kent, since uh, I respect you equally and uh, think of you like a like a brother, Aww. you told me you have some news. Yes, I do. What is this news? Um, so, off air, we were talking about accessibility quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and two things, uh, it seems like ever since, I feel like Last of Us was the one that kind of kicked it into gear in terms of accessibility options, Last of Us Part 2, that is. Yeah. Um, Ratchet and Clank, this isn't news, but the second part is, Ratchet and Clank has, uh, on the easy difficulty, you cannot die, like, at all. So, in order to, like, be accessible to literally almost, like, everybody, just to, like, experience the story, um... But the news part is Psychonauts 2 has a completely separate mode, not just easy, that is uh, like a, a deathless mode, which gives you like infinite retries and like you can, you know, combat essentially is like non-consequential, um, which is actually a really cool thing. I love that. Um, that I think games should do, certain games should do more. Yeah. Um yeah, because, like, you know, uh, the argument always comes up about, uh, like, Dark Souls and, and Demon Souls, like, whether or not they should have 
easy modes and whatnot. And like, no, no, they shouldn't have easy modes. Not necessarily. I think Sekiro was the one that really kicked off that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, why not? They should have story modes at the very least. You know what I mean? Like they should have the ability to enjoy the story and not have to wade through the difficulty of playing the game just to enjoy the story. Right. Now, I, but there is something like that. Say, right, but saying that to to Dark Souls is like saying, well, you should just read the book because it's it's just a all the all the story is is in item details. And yeah, it, yeah. Stuff like that. It's just up to the developer at right. that point. It's like you know, those games, it's about the atmosphere and piecing it together yourself by yeah. playing the game. Um, but something like Psychonauts is, I would still consider it like a, a mascot platformer. Yeah. And those, you can, you know, same with Ratchet & Clank, that's another mascot platformer. You can easily get away with like a deathless mode. And not every game needs that too. And I think a lot of people are calling for that but they don't understand how hard that is in a design standpoint to do. Like it's different than just like, Oh, just turn on God mode. Cause you still have to make it fun. Right. And right, like, right. there's still trial and error. You have to re basically go through the whole game again and make sure like things aren't broken from you being like infinitely infinite health and all that. Yeah. So considering psychonauts is, I'm guessing you're shipping out with that. That's pretty cool. And that means mm -hmm. they've been at it for a while. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially if like you have like leaderboards or trophies, you know, stuff like that. You can't just like give them developer tools and be like, here you go. You know, That's there true. needs That's to be true. a fine line. Yeah. No, like, uh, I mean, if I could turn off achievements, um, on any game, uh, I would, because I don't give two shits uh, about trophies. Uh, and the fact that I get a trophy uh, at the beginning of pivotal, sometimes emotional uh, cutscenes drives me insane. Uh, like, I, I think, I mean, not to talk about Red Dead Redemption, but it's in my mind already. So, like, there was a pivotal, pivotal moment in Red Dead Redemption. And, uh, like emotions were running high and there were, there was like yelling at the camp. And of course, Ar Arthur, uh, was yelling at the top of his lungs. And all of a sudden there's a notification, uh, on my PS4 that I got a trophy for something. And it was just like, Bo-dook! and just like absolutely ruined the scene completely. If I was a director, I would have called cut and have everybody go back to their places. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I would just it. turn off the notification at that point. Uh, it still pops up on the screen. Like, there's no noise, but it still pops up on the screen. I think PS5 is different. PS5 is different. Yes, you're right. Uh, but not not PS4. You couldn't do that. But, you know, my point is there are trophy tracking websites. There's leaderboards for trophies. So regardless if you use them or not, there's still a fairly large community that engages yeah. with those. And if you have, uh, you know, like, oh, beat the game on, like, expert mode but then you can just like turn on invincibility that kind of defeats the purpose unless the developer intends that so there's like a fine line yeah yeah it's it's on a case-by-case -case, a game-by-game -game basis in my opinion yeah yeah but no but, that, you know it, regardless it's it's cool for them to have yeah it's good for psychonauts like to to yeah cool. i'd like to see more games 
do stuff like that because you know what it reminds me of is just cheat codes yeah. like back in the day and yeah. like when people have that problem now like some people were saying like oh this is stupid it's like did you complain when every game in the ps2 and under generation had cheat codes just don't use it just don't use it it's that simple like why does it bother you that somebody else is playing the game the way they want to play it because exactly. my PP can't get hard unless I can brag to people that I beat the game without using anything. I I beat Dark Souls 2 without even looking up a guide. My PP hard yeah. now. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. If make accessible for all, how I identify as gamer and feel good. Uh, get tattoos. Get, get tattoos. That's good. Get tattoos. No, genuinely. And put stuff on your car. I have seen uh, people make these arguments, and I specifically I saw this argument over what was it? Sekido. Sekido was the one that had like a yeah, an yeah. easy mode or some shit. Yeah. Um, someone made the argument, unironically, that by a by offering this kind of accessibility, it is diminishing what it means to be a gamer and how seriously some people take their gaming experience and their identity as a gamer. So basically what you're doing is appropriating my culture. And like that was an actual phrase that someone fucking used in an argument against accessibility options for games. If that's what it means to be a gamer, if if that's what it means to be a gamer, I don't want to be a gamer. I know. Gamers are the worst. But at the same time, like, if they didn't want to make an easy mode, then that's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm also tired of these, like, Kotaku uh, rage boners. It's like, you know, this game needs this. It's like, it doesn't need it. It would be nice, but... Yeah. Then, I think like, the... where, where do you stop in terms of, like, stuff that could use? But, I, I you think know, both the, sides the argument... Yeah, the main argument isn't necessarily like, oh, it has to have an easy mode. It's like there there are accessibility problems within the gaming sphere. And it is something that needs to be addressed and needs to be looked at through a serious lens and needs to be taken seriously. Because like Definitely. where like, you know, saying a company should do that and then being hit back with, yeah, but they don't have to is like, mm, no, they don't have to, I suppose. But by closing that door and not just not opening it, but refusing to open it to take a stance against opening it, you're not projecting this idea of like, well, we stand by our game and what it means as a game and as an art form that we view it as. What you're saying is you as a person with limited mobility do not fucking matter to us and nothing you say or do will ever change our mind. So... Kent, maybe you can maybe you can help me out that because you understand how uh, uh, game engines are created. Um, Unreal Engine five four, what just came out? Uh, five. Thank you, Kent. Unreal Engine five just came out. What if? What if there was built in in engine accessibility toggles for developers? Would that be first of all? Is that even possible? Am I just talking? absolute nonsense or is that something that, that could happen i mean it already is a thing in terms of like what i see not a lot of people talk about but is like a, a big 
uh, point in this is controls. And you can map controls easily. Like, you can bind controls to whatever you want. And stuff like the Xbox... Uh, right. Uh, that controller, I forgot what it's called, but the accessible, like accessibility friendly one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can make it so that controls are, you know, given in a different form. Because I think right now there's like presets for like DualShock Four Xbox, like built in natively on the on the engine. Yeah. Um, but some games are already kind of doing a thing where, um. There's other ways you can make it accessible without having like a, a like easy god mode instead. And stuff like that is like uh button presses like you know, if you have like really um like weak uh strength, instead of like mashing square, you can like change it so it's like holding down square or like holding down like a trigger button, which is really nice. Yeah. And I've seen that happen a lot more and that's totally doable, and that's just uh, something you would do uh, with, like, Blueprint. You would just Got change, okay. you know, you would just flip a, a Boolean and be like, you know, s switch it. So instead of mashing square in, like, a quick time, you can just hold it. Okay. So there that stuff is really easy to do, and almost every engine can do it with just a little bit of programming. Okay. Um, there so, was. yeah, it's already out there. Good there to know. Good to know. There was a game also, I don't remember what it was called, and maybe it was multiple games, but I do recall very vividly that there was a game that kind of learned your behaviors as you played, and it seemed like a really accessible, friendly sort of thing. So I, I remember that if you died X amount of times or you failed X amount of times, the prompt would become easier. The fight would become easier until you managed to get through it. And I felt yeah, like that's... that was a good happy medium between everything. So it's like, you know, if the quick time event, if you go to push the button, but you push it too slow and then you do it two or three times and like the game seems to learn like, oh, okay, this, you need more time. Yeah. It adds an additional, like whatever. Um, and gives you a little bit extra time or it offers you the option to just skip this part. Like, do you just want to skip this part? And, yeah, that's just, and, and sorry, I go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like that's like a good happy medium for these games. Like if you want to say like, yeah, I managed to get through the whole game. No problem. Like it's a good. Sure. Your PP needs to be big. I get it. Um, but like for people who do want to experience these games and want to experience these same stories and also be respected. um, Why not include that more? Like I, I, I would imagine there's probably some extra work and extra steps and then that comes into ties into a larger conversation about game development time and crunch and etc um which you know money is also a factor in that um but i just feel like that seems like to me the most viable solution to all of these problems rather than offering like a narrative or an easy mode just kind of allowing the game to adapt to you as the player and your habits and your abilities more organically Right. And, you know, uh, that's an interesting point because that's actually a thing a lot of games do with the adaptive difficulty. Um, a majority of games actually do that. Um, but, you know, it's it. the game doesn't tell you mm -hmm. and you have to, like, keep going at it for, you know, to start doing it. So when rear its head during, like, just normal gameplay. 
Uh, I know Uncharted, um, it's something interesting that, especially like if you're struggling, uh, there's no more than, I want to say, like two or three people shooting at you at once. Mm-hmm. Um, because that'd be too overwhelming. And like if you're if you're dying a lot, then enemies will fire less, but it wouldn't seem like it. So it gives you more time to peek out. Right. Um, also, like uh, what a, a lot of games do is when you peek out of cover or something like that, Enemies will always miss. I know. I think Mass Effect, Un- the later ones, did this. Uncharted they will always miss. Uncharted did an amazing job at this. Right. Uncharted made it make made it seem like you were uh, always surviving by the skin of your teeth, uh, just because of how the AI uh, shot at you towards Nathan, uh, towards your uh, whatever whatever companion you were with, like just how they uh, reacted to your movements. Uh, again, Naughty Dog knocking it out of the park with with everything. Yeah, yeah, and like some uh, and a lot of first person shooters, mainly single player, the last bullet in your clip does mm-hmm. more damage. More damage. Yep, yep. Um, you know, to get that to make sure you get that kill. Like it's little things that go a long way, not just for user enjoyment, but for accessibility. But um, you know, games can totally do more of that without having to take the time and money. Uh, to creating like a whole mode so you know like there definitely should be a a median and like make gamers of all skill and accessibility enjoy games they want to Mm -hmm. Um, but we also shouldn't be forcing people to go out of their way and make like a specific easy mode if like it's if it's if the game itself just doesn't really adhere to that but you know that's that's why we don't have like a final solution otherwise we would we won't even be having this conversation it's true it's true there's a hundred thousand different ways to solve the solution uh and each one of them comes with the pluses and minuses on 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 both columns yeah oh also um one thing because we talked about uncharted uh you're saying how it's like you know surviving it's like really entertaining uh what's what a lot of people don't know this is just a little fun trivia fact um you you don't have health in Uncharted. The uh, when you take shots, it's supposed to represent Nathan's luck yeah. and like him losing it. So when his luck runs out, that's when you get shot. Yeah. So technically, you take like a a a bullet and you're dead, but it's supposed to be his luck that's like the bullets are missing him, which is pretty cool. It's a really good way to like go into development thinking about, you know, like like sitting down with all your developers and being like, hey. Nathan's not going to have health. Think of his health as luck. That's a good, like, because the best kind of creativity, the best kind of uh, uh, project uh, outcome is the outcome that started with restrictions. Uh, I've, I've always said that about my creative endeavors. Uh, any kind of restriction that you can put on yourself um, or, or your team will help make the final product that much better. Um, yeah. So good job, Naughty Dog. Love you. I mean, look at all the games on PS1. You were so restricted on what you could do, and yep. that was new territory. You had so much of a... Uh, or especially Nintendo 64, you only had so much storage on the cartridge. You have to, like, really think out of the box. Yep. So I think that is something that could be a pretty cool topic in and of itself is... Yeah. Uh, Restriction? Restrictions and how now we're just, like, kind of at a point where there's none, and it's just, like... You know, it's just creating games that have so much bloat in them and unnecessary 
filler just because they're not people aren't restricted in developing and they're just doing whatever they want because they have like almost a terabyte of storage they can do yeah yeah i like it i like it i'm adding that right now is that technically a bury the lead <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm gonna say that that's that's a, that's definitely a bury the lead <laughs> Leonard's still with us yes i am okay what's up man you were you were quiet Oh, I was just, I was listening. It was a very good uh, conversation, Isn't it? discussion. I love it. I love it. Do we have a topic this week? I don't even know. Do we? Back, uh, technically, we did. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, was it like the end of, in, uh, of E3 or something? No, it was... Uh, Allow me to explain how I came up with this idea. Okay. During the pandemic, what was one thing that everyone had a lack of? Purpose. Happiness. Money. Katie, you were right. You've channeled Purpose? your inner Dan. Oh, money. Money. And what's something that uh, kind of came out during uh, the pandemic? Uh, among us depression oh among us oh i was gonna say an existential crisis (laughs) bo burnham's inside among us came out about a year ago from i believe last month a couple months ago uh good for them they've been surviving actually pretty well for oh they've been doing great this amount of time so good on them uh now of course, on I think it was on phone, and I think something else. I can't remember what, but it was mainly free. Now, of course, uh, for other like systems, which they eventually got it. Uh, PC had it first with phone. Um, PC had it for about what five dollars or something. I think so. Yeah. And uh, it made me think over this time because. Uh, We've gotten quite a bit of free games, and it made me think, I think that companies are now investing more in free games, which sounds kind of ironic. No, Leonard, you're not wrong. And uh, personally, I think that uh, that was was mainly supposed to be the topic. It's... Okay. Like, what do we think about that? Because personally, I will say from... What I've been hearing, what I've been reading, and all that stuff. Um, I know that Ubisoft is actually working really hard on that. Um, they want games that are pretty much like Rainbow Six Siege that will last for 10 years or longer. Because they know they can get exponential growth out of it. And that um, in the end, like people are going to buy things not because uh, it's the game itself, but it's because, oh, that looks cool. Well... Leonard, yeah, Ubisoft is definitely the uh, company to be talking about uh, when you're talking about this free-to-play thing because, uh, yeah, they are uh, focusing almost entirely on free-to-play models from here on out, which, uh, of course, gives me pause because I'm still waiting for their Beyond Good and Evil 2 game that will definitely come out and is not Vaporware. (laughs) What about Wild? (laughs) Remember Uh, that game? Yeah, I do remember that game. I do. And, oh, my God, it's so crazy that 
that was like 2016. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, no, it, it is worrying. However, this uh, 10-year game is a concept that is not uh, new to Ubisoft, uh, definitely not new to Rainbow Six. Um, Destiny, actually, was supposed to be a 10-year game. Uh, Katie, um, how did that go for Activision? Well, the, the main problem <laughs> is not necessarily destiny's fault it's Mm. activision's expectations on just how much money they wanted to rank in what activision wanted was call of duty money which for a game rated t for teen focused around space shooty adventures you can't wasn't gonna happen and also like the the destiny community is so is the most fickle bunch of bitches in the whole world (laughs) i love them but good christ you guys um, go touch some fucking grass once in a while. <laughs> I beg you. Um, no, like you can't gamers in general are fickle, but the destiny community is especially fickle because what I think Activision's biggest downfall was the scrambling to buy into the microtransactions model as quickly as possible and to pivot a game like destiny into more of like a Fortnite model when it was like, but it's not a Fortnite game. It's not catered to that demographic. Like the emotes are generally like you can earn. I've never, I've only ever purchased like one emote ever since I've been was playing it Beyonce, Was it the Beyonce? Single no, no, I okay. earned that one because okay. you could earn Wasn't that, that one. Wasn't that the fire one? The like everything's fine one? No, I earned that one. The one that I bought... <laughs> was the the ace ventura dance oh god and someone actually <laughs> gifted me the silver so technically i didn't even buy it um <laughs> but it was really funny and totally worth it um but that said that like it doesn't hold up by the way it doesn't hold up don't watch no, it, it really doesn't. the second don't one is better yeah don't, the second one is really good but one. don't watch it's the first one it's extremely transphobic it's, it's very disgusting trans- it's gross um anyway uh the the problem is is that like in in order to What they wanted was a game that would perpetually be generating enough money for them to kind of sit back and rest on their laurels. And while Destiny does rake in a lot of money, let's make no mistake here, they were able to build entire levels and like redesign large chunks of like their engine on the money they've earned through Eververse, the game's in-game store. Like... It wasn't enough. Yeah. So the biggest the biggest thing that these companies see when they look at these live services are dollar signs because they still look to Fortnite and Apex as an example when it's like they should be looking more at a game like World of Warcraft, which is what Bungie has done. So you offer enough incentive to get people into your store, but your main chunk of that player base what they're going to be purchasing, what they're want, what they're going to want to purchase is in-game co- story content. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're you're completely right. Activision had it all wrong, and Activision uh, specifically uh, has gotten it wrong multiple times. Because, and I'll let uh, Kent, even though uh, 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 sorry to say this, Kent, if Dan was on, I would be asking Dan this question, but um, Kent. <clears throat> Didn't they get it wrong with um, Overwatch? 
I actually don't even know much about Overwatch. Oh, I was really hoping you had Overwatch stuff like ready ready no. to go. I thought you were um, chomping at the bit for Overwatch. Something no. I I kind of want to say okay in general uh, about like the whole free to play aspect for games. Um when Destiny kind of said that they wanted to do sort of free to play for Destiny 2 um, I know that a lot of my friend or one of my friends was really royally pissed off because of that. Um, just because if you're a person like me who, who pre-ordered from the beginning, got all the cool like oh legend, my like God, you know, get the stuff. fuck over it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I get it. I do. But it's the same dumbass argument that I hear when people say, oh, free college. Oh, well, I had to pay. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It's not about you. You got all the cool shit in the beginning. You got all of the cool levels. There's shit that a new light player will never get to experience because they didn't buy it from the start. That's what we paid for. We got what we paid for. We got the Red War. We got all the emotes. We got the missions. We got Curse of Osiris. God help me, we got Curse of Osiris. We got Warmind. We got to experience all that cool shit that those players will never get to experience. So we fucking got what we got to... Like, we earned that. We paid for it. I'm sorry. I needed to rant about that. I no, missed my man. That was good. No offense to your friend, but also full offense to your friend. <laughs> also, uh, to to put it in, in, in more of a, a, a calm... Uh, way. Oh, okay. Tone police me now. <laughs> I'm not tone policing. I'm just saying. Um, that would be like saying uh, uh, I bought a PS5 and now all the PS4 owners are like, I bought a PS4, so I should be able to play all of the PS5 games. It, that's just not not quite how it works. Like if you if you if you buy day one then congratulations you bought day one you're helping the developer you're you're uh, uh, speaking with your wallet and saying hey this is this is now what i like to see thank you i have emotes those bitches will never have yeah yeah you're going to get things my reward. <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, now <laughs> if you're going the mortal, if you're going the mortal combat route let's uh we, we can uh, talk. You know, I agree with uh, Katie, but also Leonard. What were you going to say? I think you're like mid sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, what I was going to say was just uh, now. Of course, for me, I kind of fell off Destiny too, just because personally, I was just getting tired at, of it at the time, and there was another game that was having more of my attention. Um, so I didn't necessarily care. Like, like I totally agree with Katie's argument and. She is right in all aspects of that. Like, suck it up. It's not that bad when it comes down to it. Um, even I think it's cooler because I started on my PC. And let me tell you, I was completely thrown off because I did not know that they changed the story a little bit. Um, to the point where it's like they, they tell you about how Cade died and everything. And I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> like, this is actually really cool the way that they did it. So... In a sense, some people may say that Destiny may have done it the wrong way, which, of course, again, referring to Katie's comments. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it, if more games did this, I think it'd be somewhat good. Well, there are good uh, uh, aspects and, and good games that come out of the free-to-play model, like Apex and, and Fortnite, even though, you know, 
most of the people on this podcast don't like Fortnite. Leonard, you love Fortnite. You're still playing it, right? Um, it's a love-hate relationship. Okay. All right. Uh, but you wouldn't say it's a bad game. I wouldn't even say it's a bad game. It's a well-made game that I'm just not into. Yeah. Apex is the same way. And it, it's coming a from a lot of games like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming from a good place. Call of Duty, uh, uh, the Warzone. A uh, fantastic version of Call of Duty that I will never play because it's Call of Duty and I fell off of Call of Duty after Modern Warfare 3, I guess. Um, so, yeah, th- th- there's good aspects of the free-to-play model. It's just publishers need to realize that not all games uh, can be or should be or even be considered uh, a free-to-play. Yeah. Um, actually, part of the reason, too, why this discussion came up was just because there was uh, some news from Ubisoft as well about another game that is rumored to have uh, basically a uh, oh. free-to-play aspect. Uh, and, yeah, I heard about this. And that is Assassin's Creed. That's not a rumor. I think they confirmed that. Yeah. Uh, Personally? I think it's a universe. Uh, I think Assassin's Creed Infinite. Infinite. I'm I'm just gonna say it like this. Long story short, we all know that Assassin's Creed has been going downhill for years. The last time that they were actually up was probably Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from people who have played from like since Assassin's Creed, the first one. Yep. Personally, it was going up and then went down significantly. Origins brought it back up and then after that it just kind of fell down again personally i don't know how to feel about it because the uh i would say this the brotherhood when they had for brotherhood multiplayer it was a fun time i enjoyed it if it's something like that cool if it's gonna be like oh you're i don't i don't even know how to describe it i guess like a destiny sort of aspect of Assassin's Creed, then God no, please just it don't even sort think of about doing feels it. like that's what they're aiming for. Like having yeah. because the way they described it is you would hop into different timelines. So it's like, you know, it feels like, yeah, that seems like the most natural progression for the way they've set up the story, but I haven't liked Assassin's Creed since they killed off Desmond. Like there's oh, yeah. been zero point to it. I I started playing it because I wanted a game like Thief. Um, and I loved the stealth aspects of the earlier games, but the further they got, it was like they panicked and realized, oh no, if we do a game around Desmond and it's set in the modern day, then what's the hook? What's the hook? We have to keep it in the past. And so the easiest way to do that was to just kill Desmond um, and keep you away from the modern day stuff. But then, you know, and didn't they lose like their uh, their main di- uh, director yeah. as well or something? Yeah, the I think the creative, creative director. Yeah, the creative director. They've lost know. two since the beginning of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and I know the writers have shifted a lot, and I don't know. I think it. I think it shows. I'm actually playing through Origins for the first time, um, mm-hmm. because it was it was free, so I downloaded it. There you go. Um, good it's reason. pretty good. I hate the combat. I hate the yeah. combat. It's so bad. It's it's a little too much like, hey guys, we just played Dark Souls. And it's we like, played I Dark don't. Souls and I liked it, so here's that. Yeah, and it's like I don't. I want it to be stealthy, but like the AI is and so they bad. Dark Souls with the 
the default level one sword that you spam <laughs> yeah. R1. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't like this at all. I prefer being stealthy in all of my stealth missions. Yeah, they, they weren't good at playing Dark Souls, but they played it and they yeah. liked what it was like, its vibe. So they just like, let's just make the combat this. I got chased by a dude with a giant shield, like the biggest shield I've ever seen in my life. And the heavy attack doesn't do anything to it for some reason. Um, I got chased by him all the way to like the next town. He wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> Every time I hid, he just found me immediately. And I'm just like, what the you fuck, found, You found dude? A, a griefer NPC? I know, I did. And I was so confused. I was like, I don't understand how to defeat this guy because heavy attack doesn't work. Oh, Kent. So at some point, I was just taking pot, shops, pot shots from a tree. Kent, when we make that game, the T-Pose game, we, we, are putting, <laughs> we are putting griefer NPCs. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I want one to like you have to like meet up with like a uh, I'm just going to derail this for like a second do that (laughs) I want you to like be able to like your mission is to meet up with like a core story based character and there's just random like civilian NPC runs up and like permanently kills your contact (laughs) so that entire like story branch is like permanently done it just breaks completely yeah yeah oh my god (laughs) I would hate it Uh, but yeah like Assassin's Creed Origins was like the last time they did anything really new and innovative and that new and innovativeness was just introducing an RPG element to it through the crafting system and otherwise it just honestly like the story's good but it just feels Okay. I mean, yeah, it it, it (laughs) did allow them to put microtransactions in the game. Yeah, for sure. I did notice a lot of emphasis on that. And I was like, me off real fast. Uh, Just like Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. Yes. Shadow of Mordor. Uh, It was um, the sequel. Oh, Shadow of War. Yeah, Shadow of War. Okay. That introduced the microtransactions. I, I paused because I wasn't sure if it was Shadow of Mordor or Shadow yeah, of War. Yeah, I couldn't remember if yeah, it was yeah. Shadow or if it was like War. Bad naming conventions. Pretty good games. If you haven't tried them out, the Nemesis system is uh, uh, seriously something to just like look at and be like, hey, this should be in all games all the time, always. Uh, but what's that? It's copywritten. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but their uh, microtransaction uh, shit in the sequel was utter bullshit at launch just i think the real lesson here is the same lesson that i wanted everybody to learn the last time we talked about money and capitalism and that is we must simply round up all of the ceos and everybody involved in all of this we must round them up and we must eat them (laughs) we must eat them all right, and besides that, uh, I think that is it for the topics. Um, so, of course, I'd like to thank all the NPCs, Paul, Katie, Ken. Thank you guys for coming in. We'd also like to thank you guys for listening to us. Eat the uh, rich. We know it's a hard time in the world still. Um, still a lot of bad things happen on, so we hope that uh, we are able to at least ease your mind for an hour or two or however long we or Paul makes these episodes. So, of course, we always appreciate it. You can find us, of course, on anywhere where there is podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Store Play. Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, SilvertongueAudio.org. And uh, also, if you like the way my voice sounds, did you know I'm on another podcast? That's right. I'm over with my friends at Super Dope, Dragon Ball Super Dope. 
Uh, we actually just made a Discord. We also have a Facebook group called Roshi's Secret Stash. I deleted Facebook, so I don't have it anymore because Facebook is toxic and trash. So, but besides that, please give us a rating on here. Let us know what you think. Comment if you wanted to hear more uh, skits and stuff. Uh, besides that, we thank you so much for listening. Appreciate y'all joining. And uh, as we say in every episode, or as Paul says every episode, until next game, everybody. Until next game. Silver Tongue Audio. Welcome. My name is Danny de los Monstros. I'd like to invite you to a brand new podcast that I like to call Dazed and Disturbed. Can we panic now? There, my friends and I will talk about a range of topics from sick and disgusting to fun and amusing. All this while participating in, uh... Catch my drift. You can find the podcast at www.silvertongueaudio.org or wherever podcasts are being casted out these days. I hope to see you there. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to lie down. Bye!